Hello, and thank you for joining me for episode three of the Total Footstock podcast. I hope you enjoyed part one and two, which were full of some interesting insights from James Footstock's chief marketing officer and Gertie, one of the legends of Footstock. Now, this week, I'm proud to introduce Dan McKenna, a user of the platform who's been around for six months. He's written various blogs for Footstock, and he's made a significant amount of profit on the platform. Welcome, Dan. Hello. Thanks for being on the pod, Dan. No worries. Thanks for having me. It's exciting to have you on on our episode three. Did you have a chance to listen to the first two? I did. I've got a, um, a tough act to follow with your, your first two guests. Yeah, James and Gertie were really brilliant to have on the pod. They were both bringing really different insights. Obviously, James working for Footstock and Gertie having been here since the Indiegogo campaign. How long have you been on Footstock? Just over six months. I joined kind of start of April, just before two days before the big boom. And how's Footstock treated you? You've been successful on it? Uh, very well, yeah. I, I did a blog about a week ago now, which kind of charted the course of the last six months. I saw that. That was a six-month diary on Footstock. I saw that. It was really, really, really good article, actually. 1,700 quid in profit at the minute, which is is very nice. Relatively small deposits in the, in the grand scheme of things. Going really well so far. Well, that's good. So how did you find the auctions for the last week? Obviously, the biggest news on Footstock in the last week was the launch of auctions. Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria, and a bunch of other players from other teams were available. How did you find those? Did you get involved? in any of them yeah i mean first i think the buzz that they created was really good kind of on slack during the day everyone's messaging asking how much is this player going to go for this player going to go for changing the bids up and down i bid on pretty much every everyone that i knew the name of i've pretty much bid on i've not bid on uh, some of the more obscure ones um but the only two i've missed out on are the two biggies mbappe and neymar i massively undershot so what prices did you go in for First, uh, the first auction I went in at twenty eight on Mbappe and about twenty on um, Neymar. Wow, you're about half half of what you yeah. needed to do on those. My my logic was that if you're comparing to the players already on the platform, is is there any reason that they should be that much more expensive than a Raheem Sterling or a Rashford? I just completely um, underthought the new shininess of them, I think. So do you think the price is paid 50, 60 pounds is too much? Do you think that's uh, over what they're valued? I think it's too much in comparative value compared to the other players. But in terms of can Mbappe or can Neymar win you 50 quid in a tournament, they absolutely can. Also, do you think some of it's coming on the speculation that James brought up in our last pod that there may be a new league added? And if it ends up being the league that they're in, uh, currently League One, but there's obviously big rumours that Mbappe at least could move to La Liga potentially. Do you think some of the price built into them is the fact that they could move to these bigger leagues that are on footstock soon? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if, they're, if they're aiming to get 600 Mbappe out and then next season they say, yeah, we're moving into the, the French League. And by the way, we're not putting any more Mbappe out. If you've paid 50 quid for one now, you're going to be sat in a, a very good position by the, the start of next season. So they've said they'll, they'll move that target card volume with new users joining and so on, but I can't imagine them, them flooding the market with many more. Um, so it is kind of one of those where if, you, if you're an early adopter of the, the European cards, you, you could be setting yourself up in a good position. And how high do you think Mbappe could go if they added the French League next season? How high could someone like Mbappe end up? You'd think every single French tournament pro or gold, as they're called now, you're going to want to enter with Mbappe. Maybe 100 quid, something like that, maybe a bit higher. Well, I was just thinking, if you've got Kevin De Bruyne, who's obviously a brilliant player and probably has a higher base score than Neymar, I'd imagine, but he obviously plays tougher opposition on a general week. I'd say a Burnley away or a Fulham 
might actually be a bit tougher than some of the teams at the bottom of League One. So I wonder if he'd end up hitting the sort of heights of the, the Bruno ended up at one point at 280, £300 almost. Um, I think it'll depend on the scarcity and how they manage target card volume and new users. Like if, if there is only going to be 600 with our current user base and then moving into a new league, I think that price will, will skyrocket quite quickly. If they say, right, we're moving into the French league and we're going to drop another 600 Mbappe, then it, it might stay relatively safe. I do wish that I'd picked one up. Interestingly, what do you think the value of those players, sort of not just Neymar and Mbappe, but other PSG players or other players will be if they get knocked out? I guess the question is, do they drop into, if they finish third in the group, they go into the Europa League. So I argue that tournament-wise, they're even more useful in the Europa League. Some of the teams they'll be playing in there you'd be banking on a Neymar hat-trick every week. But what happens if they got fully knocked out? So once they, they got through the group stages, they won their group or something, they play Ajax next and get knocked out by Ajax, so they're now completely out of the Champions League. Do you think their prices will drop a lot? Because there's obviously no use for them, for at least for Neymar, especially without the Euros, for six-plus months. Short-termism will kick in at some point. I've already seen people selling their regular cards to bid in the auctions. You could even have a little bit of the reverse of that, maybe. A few people saying, all right, I'm not going to need Neymar for another year now. I'll uh, I'll get rid of him so that I can, can buy Bruno for the next Prem, Prem tournament. That could maybe cause a little bit of a dip, but it depends whether people are thinking short-term or long-term, I guess. The other interesting thing, I think, is we saw when players got injured, especially in the Premier League, their prices could drop. Aguero, who's been out for, what, sort of the first month of the Prem this season and the last few weeks of the Prem last season, he was about £5, and he's now already at £10, and I imagine if he starts playing well, he'll be up to at least 15 if not 20 soon. So I wonder what would happen if a Neymar got injured, because he'd be completely useless. Could make a massive difference if a player like him or Mbappe gets injured. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of part of why I, I was bidding quite low in terms of just that the utility of these players isn't the same as, as a Prem player. And then if you if you add in an injury or a suspension, if, if one of them gets sent off and this is a, a period of the group games, again, the utility drops. Uh, but I think as long as you, you look in long term, look into the future leagues being added and things like that. I'm not sure if I'd pay, like, I think people paid £145 for, for Mbappe on the, the first bidding, which is, is just crazy numbers. I mean, great for the platform, but... I never had a chance with my twenty pound <laughs> that if people throw in those numbers around. See, I managed to snag on £49 in the final round. But then I actually thought about it and I very rarely go into golds. So I actually decided to sell him and I got £60 for him, which I was pretty happy with. Very easy £10. So I think people often talk about cat appreciation in footstock. Like, is it there? Because prices are pretty steady nowadays. They really only rise and fall around the weekends or if there's a big promo. But I do think it shows that this new auction thing isn't just for the big boys to buy players to enter competitions, it can be used as a, as a trading platform. As I said, I made it £10 in three days. I, this, it's definitely brought a really nice new aspect to the platform, these auctions. Now, talking of the prices of Neymar and Mbappe, if all the Champions League players were released to the platform, who do you think, Dan, would end up being the most expensive? Would it be Sancho, Messi, Fatty? Who do you reckon? The one I would want the most, so I guess the one I value highest, would be uh, Haaland. I just think purely based on the number of goals he scores, he won't have a great base. He's, he's going to be one of them where it's either two or 70. But I think the amount of times that he bangs in three or four goals in a game, be pretty much winning your tournaments by himself with uh, some of the scores he'd be able to post. I think he'd be one of those players that has massive peaks and troughs because I think if he's facing a difficult team, a sort of a Atletico Madrid or a Real Madrid or something like that, people wouldn't back him to score. And with such a low base score, I think he'd drop quite a bit. Whereas when he plays... Uh, an easier team, uh, you'd expect him to score a hat-trick or get some good points there. 
if, he, if he's playing Midtjylland and you, you've not got him, you're going to be uh, really worried going into that weekend's tournament. Yeah, I'm very worried going into just the 20-star, £10,000 European kickoff one because I don't have Neymar in it. Um, so even for that, it's something it'll be, it'll be a fascinating one. Would you see him at four-star or five-star, do you think? I think he'd have to come in at five, personally. He's, he's maybe not got the, the superstar kind of status of uh, Mbappe, but in terms of pure how many goals he scores to have him as five-star, I think. Okay, and what about someone who is rumoured to come to the Premier League, someone like Sancho? Do you think that would massively affect his price, or do you think people would still look at the short-term, always oh, only useful for a few competitions this season? I think Sancho is a, a very special case in that he's already got kind of that sentiment built into him. Everybody kind of already has it that he's the next global superstar. He's going to come to the Prem. He's he's going to be a, a, a megastar for the next 10 years type thing. So I think that will dictate a lot of, of Sancho's price. In fact, going back to it, who do I think will be the most expensive? It would probably be Sancho. Go and give us a guess of what price you think it'd be. I, I think you'd go for 160, 160, maybe even 200 on the first set of auctions. Um, I think people will be desperate to get Sancho. The really interesting one is something like someone brought it up on the Slack is of Messi versus Fatty. You've got one who seems like the perfect youth player for Barcelona, potentially could stay there his entire career, got the world, world at his feet in terms of goals and assists, and he obviously makes a lot of dribbles being absolutely rapid. And then you've got Messi, who's very arguably the best player in the world for the last 10 years, but very near the end of his career, but probably has the highest base and highest potential of any player on the platform. Out of those two, who would you be willing to bid more on, do you think? So me personally, it would it would be Fatty, um, just purely based on that. I, I plan on playing footstock for the next 10 years, like God willing. And the usage you'll get out of a, a player like that will be will be a lot higher. Um, but I, I probably bid a bit for Messi as well, to be honest, in, just in terms of those short term, even if you've only got him for a season, two seasons, um, even if he was to go to City or something like that, um, you get a season out of Messi at City, how much money could he win you in one season? It looked like he was going to join Man City at one point. I did an analysis of just using Messi's stats and I looked and broke down his sort of average dribbles, passes, average assists and goals. And he was scoring an average of 50.1 a game, over 50 points a game on average, which would put him twice Kevin De Bruyne has average. So his base would be so high because he, he gets an average of something like four or five successful dribbles a match, which is crazy. That's sort of Traore numbers, plus a person who would be on every free kick every penalty and is obviously Messi who doesn't fail to score very often so it would be a fascinating one to see the price difference between do you think uh, sort of players names play a part in how much people pay for them uh, I think absolutely they do I think like I said the, the sentiment built into certain players is does drive a lot of decision making um, just in terms of like you say the, 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 the usability of like a Neymar probably isn't that great he's you're going to get the Champions League out of him, then you won't get any Euros. Maybe League One gets added and then you're kind of looking at the World Cup the year after. But the fact that he is Neymar drives a lot of um, a lot of the sentiment. I think you'll have the same thing with Messi. You'd have the same with Ronaldo if they, if they brought in uh, Juventus. Have you got any players, say, for example, Sane being quite a famous one, who left the platform because obviously they weren't in the Prem anymore, decided to keep on for when the Champions League was added? Have you got any of those in your... No, I wish I did. didn't have a, a huge bankroll to start off with. So I think Sane was probably going for, say, seven or eight pounds back when 
when I would have been kind of getting them in packs or anything like that. So they were it's probably the player that I, I just sold as soon as I got him, just because I couldn't use him in a tournament immediately. Eight quid's better in my pocket than, than waiting potentially a year to use him in the Champions League. Current dad looking back at past Dan, very annoyed, because I'd, I'd quite like to have a few Sane stocked up. Yeah, I've got one I kept to spare. I very nearly debated on a swap for him, but I'm glad glad he stayed with me. I think he'll he'll be, he'll be quite an expensive player when he comes. Yeah, when they do the auctions for Bayern, I mean, I think eventually was selling for about five pounds. Sane, I don't think you'll be able to pick one up in an auction for five pounds. No, I think you're right. So if they do bring uh, the whole of the Champions League onto this auction platform, are there any particular youth players or even other players that you'd be particularly excited to bid on that you think you'd be able to get cheaper than say, obviously? than a Neymar or a Mbappe? Maybe Jude Bellingham, but again, he's another one that's got quite a lot of sentiment built into him. He's, he's not really an unknown. Do you think a player is more valuable in the Europa League, despite the fact that I think Europa League pots would generally be smaller? Or do you think it's just the benefit that you have because they're just going to be able to score so many goals? So in terms of the, the European kickoff um, tournament that they've done tonight, my kind of strategy has been to load those teams with Europa League players even though I don't know the lineups yet. So I've got like the likes of Kelechi and Nacho. Some of the Tottenham lads are in there as well. Eddie Nketiah is in pretty much every lineup I've done. And, and it's exactly what you said there in terms of the Champions League players are clearly better players, but standard of opposition is higher as well. If, you, if PSG beat United 2-1 tonight, Neymar gets one, Mbappe gets one, they'll probably get 30, 40 points each maybe. If Nketiah scores a hat-trick against Rapid Vienna, which isn't out of the realms. It's kind of 60, 70 points that he'll get. So that's, in terms of pure value of the card, cost of the card, I guess, Champions League players should be more expensive for better players, but how much you can extract from them in tournament winnings, I'm, I'm quite excited to use the Europa players. So, so talk us through your entries to this, the European competitions over this sort of this week. We've obviously got sort of a gold, silver and bronze that cover the Champions League and Europa League. We've got a 20-star 10K guarantee. And then we've also got Europa League ones for Thursday. So how have you entered them? Have you gone big in uh, gold or big in silver or have you sort of spread across? So I've gone with uh, three in the 10K kickoff mainly because I just think it's it's probably the best value in terms of entry costs to, to what you can get out of it. Um, so I've gone with one that's that's heavy Spurs, uh, but trying to predict the Spurs lineup is is a nightmare. So at the minute I've got um, Vinici- Vinicius, um, Matt Doherty, Gareth Bale and Lucas Moura. And um, then there's kind of a running theme through all my teams in that I've got Ian Acho, Eddie Nketiah and Sergio Aguero. In all your teams? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so if they, if they don't score, I'm, um, I'm not doing very well. But thinking being that uh, I think the Leicester City account confirmed Vardy's out. So I think Ian Acho has to play. Eddie Nketiah only got kind of seven minutes at the weekend, so I'm pretty sure he'll play. And Aguero City don't have any other strikers, so he's got to play. And then in one of in that one, I've got Edison in net for City. And then it's kind of different different variations of that, really. Um, and then I've got one that's quite severe heavy, just because I got quite lucky to pick up quite a lot of the severe players. Although I'm massively overpaid for a Campos. Oh no! Tell us how bad. Uh, so I think I went ten pound, and uh, if that is, I wasn't the highest bid. It's close to it. Yeah, I think the highest bid was twelve fifty, um, and yeah, you can pick him up now for like three or four pound. Uh, massively overshot it. 
Um, so now I'm kind of determined to win a bit of money back with him. It's a fascinating one that is though, because if you see £10 of value yourself in him, does it really matter if you end up paying £10? If he wins you £10 worth of competitions, it doesn't really matter if you pay £3 or £10 for him really. No, I had that with uh, Jordan Ayew in a virtual a while back. I think I paid like nine, £10 for him, which is, was pretty much his peak price a, a few months ago. So beer in general, I mean, they won the Europa League like two or three times in the past kind of few years. Uh, they tend to go quite deep into the European competition. So I was actually quite surprised how cheap he was going for. Uh, but I will actually uh, see him do the business before I think about buying any more now. So are you sort of holding off on any future auctions now to sort of see how the, the land lays, or are you going to be straight in there if Neymar and Mbappe come on again? Uh, so I bid for Neymar and Mbappe every time, um, but I just refuse to go as high as what other people are going. Um, I've gone no higher than like 40 quid, just kind of hoping that his, his price settled a bit lower than it has. Um, I probably should have gone higher because like you did earlier, I think he could have bid around 45, 47 quid, pick one up and then instant sold at 50, 60 quid. Are there any sort of teams in the Champions League? You've obviously mentioned Sevilla, but are there other teams that you think are a bit underrated that you think will go really far this year? Um, not, so necess- not necessarily kind of underrated, but in terms of the players that I'm looking to pick up, um, I think when the Bayern team comes on, you're going to have kind of similar kind of issues as we've seen with Mbappe and Neymar, in that you've got Lewandowski, obviously elite goal scorer, but maybe towards the, the back end of his career, not, not totally there yet, but how much are you going to pay for someone with a, a low base, but a really high ceiling? kind of in that bracket of kind of 30 years old. So I think there's going to be some really interesting bids on players like that, where, where you know they're an elite player, but you may be not sure how much longer they're going to be around. Yeah, I'd be fascinated on someone like Ronaldo. He's obviously probably the best Champions League player ever in terms of he he's just set pretty much every record by a margin in the Champions League, even above someone like Messi. But he is getting very old now. Looks, It looks unlikely that Juventus team will win. It'll be, it's such a, I think it adds such an interesting dynamic, this new Champions League, because obviously you've got teams that will get knocked out, will get dropped to Europa League. There'll be, obviously, there's always some big upsets each year. And I, I think I'm most excited to see change in prices of players if they get knocked out early. So if a team, go, if a team like, especially a big team like PSG or someone like that, goes out in the round of 16, how much will their prices be affected by that? Because obviously they're then useless for six months, especially if they're Di Maria or Neymar, who won't be around for the Euros. Yeah, I think you, you'll end up with uh, the same type, the same kind of wise people that have held on, on to Sane's and, and players like that. Um, so moving on to, to the weekend matches, obviously we just had an, a, quite an interesting weekend of football where obviously Liverpool and Everton is a bit of a classic derby match with a Pickford-Van Dyke injury and things like that. Did you have any good results this weekend? Did you get any, good, any big wins? Uh, so I came out in profit, which is always nice. Um, I had a good Saturday, I think. I, I didn't get any big wins, but I got about three that were around £30. So I kind of came out about 100 quid up on Saturday. Um, my main issue is that I had Van Dyke in all of my 100k teams. Uh, probably should have differentiated a bit. <laughs> now you've seen this, obviously, he looks like he's going to be out for potentially the most the whole of the season. Are those going to be entries you look to withdraw now, or are you just going to leave them and, and accept that you just have one player out? So I've withdrawn one just because I'd, I'd literally only entered it like two game weeks before. Um, so I thought, just take the hit on that one, get it out and, and get it back in because I've not got a, a huge collection. So I thought, get it back out with um, and put it back in with a, a more kind of spread 
team. Can also people like DCL that I didn't have in it and things like that. But yeah, the other one is currently in the money. It's fifty second. It had a good first three weeks and then it's dropped off a bit. My that's got Van Dyke in it and it's also got Darlow. So it really is going to be uh, it's going to be running on its its last legs pretty soon. But my thinking is even if I just leave that in till the end of the season, if those players come back at the end of the season and manage to to get another three big scores. It could still place somewhere, maybe. Yeah, because I think from memory, I know Gertie, who came second last year, scooped uh, scooped a thousand pounds for that. He had a week where he had a couple of players who didn't play, and yet it was still one of his highest, counting towards his highest scoring weeks because of that. Because he had other times when they they did so well. So I don't think it's so necessary to have every player always active, but I do think it's obviously very advantageous. But congratulations on being on the money already. Yeah, I got very lucky with Son, Son Human basically on his uh, 95-pointer. Yeah, and uh, did you have Vardy in there as well? Because he got about 60 or 70 a couple of weeks in a row. Vardy in for his 70-pointer. Robbo's been quite consistent for me in it. And in fact, Darlow's actually one of the best performers. He's been a cami favourite as well in the free rolls. A big popular popular choice for him who obviously paid off this weekend penalty save 15 point penalty save so he's outscored Aubameyang Robertson Danny Ings Tielemann he's basically is my third high score after Hongmin Son and Vardy which what's amazing is a lot of the players you've mentioned have had pretty solid starts the season Ings has been pretty good so far he's nothing nothing terrible goalkeepers can be much higher point scorers than people realize he was part of the reason I won some money on Saturday with the penalty save um, which is annoying as a United fan because I really wanted <laughs> Bruno to score. Um, I had Bruno captain in FPL as well. 22-point captain haul off Bruno, so no, that was good as well. So looking forward to this weekend. You've got some very, what looked like some very tasty fixtures. You've got West Ham versus Man City. You've got Man United versus Chelsea, with Chelsea being quite leaky at the back, I'd say. Liverpool versus Sheffield, although without Van Dijk. Arsenal versus Leicester and Burnley versus Spurs being sort of some of the, the matches you imagine could have some really big scores in. Are there any teams there that sort of shout out to you as a team you really want to go big on in your entries? Yeah, so I, what, I, what I'll usually do is I enter the Saturdays and the Sundays rather than the ones that cover both days. Um, just try and kind of maximise my collection and, and try and really target the tournament I think I can do well in. Um, so I'll probably be in the game week six Saturday silver. I actually bought Mitrovic for this little run of fixtures that he's had, which isn't very particularly well. I missed out on some money this weekend because I had him in my two-player, along with him and Barkley, made up my two-man team. Barkley, brilliant, got me a really nice score on that. Mitrovic, unfortunately, got minus 12 and a half. So uh, actually completely wiped out any chance of money there. But that was a big shame. But what about you? Do you enter the sort of single-player and two-player ones at all? Those are the sort of the new tournaments that have been brought in. No, they've been. Uh, I think they've been such a good addition to the platform. Really, the um, I tend to use them to kind of hedge. Or I, I don't play a lot of gold, so I've started to kind of dip my toes in a little bit more. But I tend to try and use my five star cards in the uh, the single or the two players and kind of hedge against my other selections. Um, so like this weekend, I was doing quite well in the uh, Sunday gold, um, and I basically needed a Wolves win, so I just kind of stacked my single and two player games with with Leeds players just to kind of make kind of cover my bases either way and kind of came up with a little bit of money from my gold in the end I think I've entered kind of two or three times into pretty much every single or two player quite a lot of the time it's, it's those that kind of keep me in profit for the day if you if your whole team bombs out you've still got that little kind of ray of hope that your, your single player could do all right 
I have to say, I agree. I think they've been one of the best additions and changes of the last few months. Honestly, I personally think they've been an even better addition than auctions. They're just perfect for everyone from new users who only have a very small collection to some of the biggest uh, collections, people with sort of tens of thousands of pounds in it. It really is a sort of tournament for everyone because you just need your one player to have a really good weekend, whether it's a Hurahan a couple of weeks ago or a Watkins or something like that. And you can win some seriously good money as well, like really, really good money, sort of top equivalent of top three places in uh, silvers or something like that. No, absolutely. I've, I um, referred a few friends during the uh, kind of refer a friend week promo that they had running. And uh, one, one of them got quite lucky in his first pack. He packed uh, James Rodriguez and a Mason Greenwood. I've been quite kind of preaching to them. You don't need the big players. Just get your two-star players and enter the bronze contest. Learn that way. And then I kind of thought for a second, I thought, hang on, he's got James Rodriguez and Mason Greenwood. Just put them in the two-player. It's £2 of the tournament credit that you've got. You'll get to see how the matrix works. And you could win, like, really good money. Turns out Mason Greenwood didn't play, but <laughs> none of us really saw that coming. But um, I think from a from a new user perspective, it's just such a simple tournament to understand. You put one or two cards in, if they're the highest scorers, you win some money. And one thing I think that goes a little bit underspoken about is the single match tournaments. I really, really enjoy those. I've been uh, this weekend. I tried a little technique out which I'd, I've never done before. I didn't enter any of the full day or full weekend ones, but I entered the silver and bronze for every single one of the matches over the entire weekend to see how I did. And I ended up coming up with £100 up, which is really, really nice. And I, I love them because you've obviously got, you always have the full lineup for those matches. There's no need to sort of predict or try and work out someone like this Greenwood's playing. So yeah, I'm a massive fan of the single match uh, competitions. I often use the silver and bronze to hedge my bets. I go for the team in silver that I think is most likely to win. So I had a Chelsea team in there. I had a United team in there and things like that. And then I use the bronze on sort of generally the weaker team to sort of hedge your bets. So if it goes wrong, you still have a good chance for the, the bronze team. Though I was particularly upset the Wolves match. I missed out on finishing in the cash by 0.1 of a point. I was, I was deeply upset with 0.1 of a point costing me. Have you, do you enter those ever or do you sort of, sort of stick with the bigger prize pot tournaments? I haven't entered them as much. And I really should, to be honest with you. The, the main kind of drawback is that my collection size is probably just a little bit too too small. So I'll, on a normal weekend, I'll enter kind of one or two silvers, a couple of bronzes, a few single players, maybe the gold if I'm feeling like I've got the right players for it. And once I've kind of done it like that, in terms of multiples of cards, two to three of the main cards that I've got, so once you've entered a few multiples, I start to, it's kind of scraping the barrel. I do quite like them as well for new users because a lot of new users will support a football team uh, like Liverpool or United or someone like that. And it will mean that they can sort of just back their team for relatively cheap without having to own players from loads of different teams. You can just sort of back one team a week, really. There's, there's some teams that you can pick up really cheap as well. Like to, to some of the new users I've said, go and look at Wolves. But yeah, I think there was an interesting chat that came from Tom where he suggested that at some point they may introduce rewards. And he, I know he mentioned at one point it could be something like collect the entire Burnley team or collect 20 different players from Burnley. I'd be fascinated to see what those did to people's collection because I think there'd be some people who would already have it. But it could be quite a fun way for new users to sort of build towards a sort of little reward, whether it's a pack discount or contest credit or something like that. Yeah, I love the idea of what they could do with rewards. Um, I think kind of it shows that the versatility of the product that there's there's so much like if you look at the wish list there's just there's so many different ways that can take so many different things and i think rewards for 
either entering something every week or for building a full squad or earning owning these certain attackers these weeks and things. There's, there's so much they can do with it. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of where they um, where they go with with rewards 2.0, which I think they said is, I'm not sure if it's been pushed back because of auctions, but I think it was pretty soon in the off in the new reward system. My guess, if I had to make a bet, is James very kindly revealed on episode one of the Total Footstock podcast that there's going to be some kind of rewards coming up over uh, uh, Halloween and at Christmas. So my, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to bring it out for Halloween so they could do something with that. Looking forward with the product, you mentioned obviously that Wishlist has a load of ideas. I've now granted you the magical position of being able to choose one addition or change to the whole of Footstock and it will happen at your command. What one thing, new thing, change would you bring in? So it's quite tough. I was a bit of a wishlist junkie when I first joined. I was posting stuff on wishlist pretty much all the time. Um, I've kind of come to learn not to second guess the Footstock guys now because they've they've kind of overachieved everything. Um, But I'll I'll go back to one of my uh, older suggestions, which was um, a cup competition. Um, I really like the idea, um, kind of like a a knockout cup competition where you're up against other users. Um, So maybe if, if 128 of you enter... And then you're facing off against one person in the first round, another person, for example, game week one, you face off against one person, game week two, you face off against another person. Um, I think it could drive like a really good buzz in terms of like your, um, be on Slack going, oh, I'm, I'm up against Gertie this week, or I'm up against such a body this week. And I think that kind of uh, friendly rivalry that you'd get with whoever you're against, I think could be really good from a community perspective. And then also in terms of how they could make it work from a um, either a payout perspective or a rake perspective. Uh, I think my original suggestion was that like, if you beat them, you got one of their cards and some of the others got raked and stuff like that. So I really like the idea of kind of heads up 1v1 or, or cup competitions. Yeah, I think... One of the ones that's being brought up that sounds really quite interesting is the one where, yeah, as you said, almost matchups against other people, where it's of a, even if you just did it rather than a long-term cup competition, but if you just did it as a, each weekend, you can enter a team for, say, a tenner, it's you versus someone else, and you either get, you basically either double your money or get your money back, especially if it was over an entire weekend, because that would be, that would be so, so fun to see, because I know I'd be checking the scores constantly, even for those matches, just to see if anyone that they backed had scored or anything like that but i do agree i think there's loads of new different tournament types that could come in i quite like the idea and they have mentioned it a couple of times of a tournament with some form of rake uh, rather than cash rake but card rate because i think the original plan was to do something like that the single player tournament i think that's been scrapped just because of how popular it's been in its current format whether by design or fluke they've, they've stumbled across a, a really good format for it so i hope to keep it the way it is but yeah i do like the idea of a, a raked tournament of some form now as you know there's a virtual premier league being run the simming of last season uh total footstock is working with footstock on that do you have a prediction for who you think will win the league we've obviously james decided and reckoned that the science would win and it would be a man city or a liverpool win but who do you think will win the virtual premier league over the next season now i think the the main kind of argument against it being one of the big boys is that Obviously, it goes off dynamic PPG. So the the players that are um, the teams that are in form are more in form now. Are all kind of only going to get better? Like Aston Villa have just got four wins under the belt. That's going to have improved all their PPG so much that's going to make them uh, a force to be reckoned with. Um, I think it. I think it'll be an outsider of West Ham, maybe. 
West Ham does seem to be a bogey team for, for some of the big boys in the virtuals. Tottenham have obviously been off to a good start. I think they've played four games and won Maybe three Tottenham, already. actually. No, I'll change my answer to Tottenham. Um, Changing your answer after 10 <laughs> seconds. Didn't take, that, was a, that was a nice quick one. That managed to change your mind quickly. Yeah, I think what it is, is I, I very rarely use Tottenham players in my virtuals in my squad selections just because I, I play the silvers, so I can't use Kane or Son. Um, and I tend to stick them in a single, but the reason I put them in a single is because they score so highly. So now I'm, I'm going to Tottenham. I think one of the interesting things with Kane and Son is they're both so high for their teams that you have to, if you're going to enter one, you've got to try and sort of find a way to put another in another challenge because one of them is going to do really well and the other is going to lag behind a bit. Yeah, what I've tended with is one of them in the single player and then another one of them in the two player with a one star with them. Um, yeah, it's a good choice, I think. I think that's quite a good technique for a lot of new users who I, I often think people look at the six star uh, entry requirements for the two-player ones and decide it has to be a four and a two or a three and three. But there is a lot of benefit you can get from going five and one, especially if you pick a reasonable choice uh, one-star player. Yeah, so this this weekend on Saturday, I, I can't remember how much I won in the, uh, I think it was like 30 quid in the two-player one, was with a five-star plus, it was one of Kane or Son plus Darlo. Yeah, it's it's really interesting how beneficial that how how different techniques you can go for the four two or the five one or whatever. Yeah, no, it's it's nice to see all the different kind of strategies at play. Uh, just makes it more interesting. Okay, Dan, I want to say thank you very much for for jumping on the pod. So quickly today, I want a quick prediction from you from the scores from tonight's Champions League matches. So tonight we have United and Chelsea in action of the two uh, big Premier League ones in action. So can I get a prediction for you for those matches? Going to go with a 2-1 Sevilla and then PSG United. I'm going to go heart over head, I think. Um, head says PSG win, but I'm going to go with heart and go with a, uh, a sneaky... Uh, I'll go 1-1 draw, actually, so I'm not being completely stupid. 1-1 uh, draw. <laughs> Doesn't fill you with a lot of confidence when a United supporter is following his heart and only going for a draw. Don't forget to check out our episode one and two and check out our Twitter at Total Footstop. Mm-hmm.